Are you tired of undercharging, over-delivering, and overworking? Well, I have some good news for you. I put together a free course for women web designers who want to make more money without overworking. Just go to webdesigneracademy.com forward slash free course or click on the link in the show notes of this episode to get instant access. And since you love podcasts, when you sign up, you'll have the option to get the entire free course instantly in a podcast feed so that you can listen on the go. So if it feels like you've been working 24-7 but not making as much as you want, go get that free course right now at webdesigneracademy.com forward slash free course. Welcome to The Profitable Web Designer, a podcast for web designers who want to work less and make more money. I'm your host, Shannon Mattern, founder of the Web Designer Academy, where we've helped hundreds of web designers stop undercharging, overworking, and create profitable, sustainable web design businesses. Well, hey there. Welcome back to the Profitable Web Designer Podcast. I literally cannot wait to share this episode with you. Because I just got back from our in-person Web Designer Academy Next Level Retreat. And I cannot even explain to you how transformative that experience was. Not just for our students, but also for me. Like after the year that I have experienced, (laughs) I just did not know how much I needed to spend five days in the company of 13 of the kindest most brilliant, bold, hilarious women I have ever met. And I thought I was there to lead them through a transformation, but they also led me through one. And I really like, I feel like myself again. And so I feel like I've really integrated what the last half of 2022 and the first half of 2023 gave me to teach me so far the lessons that it brought me. (laughs) So in today's episode, I am going to share what I have learned. And because since my last like personal business update episode back in June, that mid-year review I did, episode 44, you can go to webdesigneracademy.com forward slash 044 to listen to that. A lot more has happened. And some of it has been amazing. Some of it has been challenging and some of it has been heartbreaking, to be quite frank. So why I'm excited about today's episode is that I used to do a monthly income report on my last podcast, Pep Talks for Side Hustlers. And we had over, I want to say, nearly 400 episodes of that show. And every month I would share an income report and I'd break down how much my business made, how much it spent all of the lessons learned along the way. And when I closed down the teaching DIYers side of my business and went all in on business coaching for web designers, I stopped doing that podcast. And I also stopped doing those monthly income reports. And it made perfect sense to me because I was like, how is it even relevant for freelance web designers who are providing one-on-one services for me to share how much money my online business is making when my business model is a group coaching program. Now, when I stopped working with one-on-one web design clients back in 2019, in my mind, it was apples and oranges, right? It's like how much money I make and how I make it is like completely irrelevant 
to how much money a freelance web designer makes and how they make it, right? In my mind. And there were unintended consequences of that decision. (laughs) Of by discontinuing the income reports, I was no longer sharing my own business journey and the lessons that I've learned along the way. And I was no longer reflecting on them every single month that like I used to. And it does not matter if you're running a business coaching and mentorship program for web designers like I am, or if you're offering web design services to clients, the lessons around business and money are universal. And the money part gives context to the lessons learned. And so before we went on the next level retreat, I was sitting in one of my my masterminds group and one of like several people recently have told me like, hey, I found you through your old income reports and why don't you do those anymore? And I'm like, well, they're not relevant. Like I just had the answer. Like, why would I do them? They're not relevant. But so many people told me that they loved those income reports, that they were like massively helpful to them on their own business journey. And what I didn't realize after not having done them for nearly two years, they were massively helpful to me because they allowed me to slow down to reflect on what worked, what didn't work, what I'm proud of, what lessons I learned. And they take me an entire day to put together or to pull the numbers together, to flip through like my calendar for the last month, reflect on everything that happened. And so it was pretty time intensive and it just made like it just made sense to me to not do that. But then when I stopped doing them in what February of 2020 two? Yeah. Like 20 months ago, something like that. I don't know. Math, My math's probably wrong there. I feel like I have started to repeat some of the mistakes that I made and discarding the lessons or just like not acknowledging the lessons and kind of maybe staying stuck and in resistance a lot longer than I would have had I like taken intentional time to process them. So... That's why I'm really, really excited and kind of nervous, honestly, to announce that I'm bringing them back starting today with my October 2023 income report. And then every month going forward, I'm going to share with you how much my business made, how much it spent, all of the lessons learned along the way. And if you used to listen to Pep Talks for Side Hustlers, and my journey to 500k series where i share how i grew my online business to create a half a million dollars in one year i think it'll be really interesting for you to see where we're at today and and how we got here and i'm not going to lie like i was kind of nervous to like commit to doing these income reports cuz i'm like what if i fail what if I, every single month i fail spectacularly in front of everybody and they have to see it because when I was doing income reports back in the pep talks for side hustlers days, I was pretty consistent in my revenue creation. It was like pretty consistent month after month or it would grow. And it felt really fun to report those results, even with the messiness along the way. And I think you'll find starting with this income report that things look a little bit different. And I'm here to share it all because I feel like we see 
people uh, share a lot when they're winning and not share a lot when things are challenging. And I'm just like, you know what, I'm going to I'm just going to start sharing regardless of what I think of what these numbers look like. Because I think it's valuable and it's helpful and it's helpful for you and it's helpful for me. So just to give you a little bit of context, if you're new to the Profitable Web Designer Podcast, I run a business coaching program for women web designers called the Web Designer Academy. We lead ambitious freelance web designers through the process of packaging, pricing, positioning, marketing, selling, running profitable web design projects, and running a sustainable business. Meaning that you have the freedom, flexibility, and financial independence and capacity in your life, fulfillment, and that you are running your web design business instead of it running you. And most of the women web designers that come to us before deciding to work with us feel overwhelmed, burnt out, like they've hit a plateau in their revenue. Maybe they're in like a feast and famine kind of cycle. They've typically tried lots of different things to fix that problem, like changing niches, changing offers, changing how they offer their services, trying to implement tech solutions to try to like automate things to free up time, trying like lots of different trendy marketing strategies. And oftentimes each of those attempts to fix the problem is accompanied by like the purchase of a new online course or something or a program to help them implement that strategy. And yet with each new strategy, they still find themselves overwhelmed, burnt out and plateaued in their revenue and overworking and kind of feeling a little bit defeated sometimes that they're like, oh, I'm investing all this money in my business. and I'm not creating the results that I think I should be creating. And so where we come in at the Web Designer Academy is we take a look at your current business, what you're currently doing. We look at what your goals are, where you want to be, what you're currently doing. We uncover the gap between where you are now and where you want to be and identify what's really in the way. And then we create a customized plan and strategy to help you bridge that gap using our systems, processes, and strategies. And then we like coach you through it every step of the way as you implement your plan and your strategy and as you work towards bridging that gap from where you are now to where you want to be in your web design business, whether that's creating more money, creating more time, creating more capacity, just making things easier. Everybody has different goals, but those are typically the ones that we work on with people. And I've been doing this for almost eight years now. And what is absolutely fascinating is that what's really in the way for most people is not their niche. It's not their offer. It's not whether they're doing VIP days or long projects or what their tech stack is or whatever. It's usually just a few simple, really powerful shifts to what they're already doing that when implemented correctly can change everything. Because in our own businesses, and this applies to me too, When we're on the inside of the bottle, we can't see what's on the label outside. And oftentimes, you just need someone who knows what to look for to show you what's missing and what opportunities they see for you to bridge that gap, just like you guys do for your own web design clients, whether you realize it or not. And like I said, like I'm on the inside of the bottle of my own business. There are things that other people can see clear as day that I don't see. For example, like Someone in my mastermind, my local Columbus mastermind group said, can, non, can non-web designers join your program? And I'm like, well, what do you mean? Like, could just 
any business owner off the street join my program? No. And she's like, well, can like graphic designers join or brand strategists or what about developers or... And I'm like, yeah, of course. It says that on the website (laughs) that the Web Designer Academy is for freelance designers and agency owners and developers and anyone in the web design adjacent space like graphic design, copywriting, automations, conversion rate, optimization, funnels, SEO, like anything, right? Anything touching a website, whether they're a solopreneur, small, medium-sized business, you know, whatever, like anybody in that space can use our strategies. And I was like, it's there. I wrote it. I put it on the website. I thought it was clear. It was not clear, right? And so that's an example of simple yet powerful shift that someone else identified for me that I could try out and see if it makes an impact. And it's like, if I'm like, oh yeah, we already do that. That's not a problem. But like someone's telling me this is an opportunity, right? So one of my students does conversion rate optimization and we're working together. She's looking at the label for me. She's looking at the outside of my business and analyzing all of that. And she's given me a list of uh, like opportunities that I literally would have never been able to see on my own. And that's what her magic is. She's done this for billion-dollar companies at her day job. It's her area of expertise to know what her clients don't know and test her theories strategically and methodically. And that's what we do for web designers. Like We're on the outside looking in, and we have looked at hundreds and hundreds of web design businesses. We know what works. We know what doesn't work. And we can see what you might not see. And so we look at your actual business. We give you strategies to implement not one size fits all stuff that you have to trial and error your way through that might not be right for you and your unique business and your unique personality. And the way our business works is that when a web designer is interested in working with us, they either fill out an application telling us about their business and their goals. I take a look at it, do an analysis. I look at their website And then I am looking for like, okay, can I help this person? Like, is this person's goals in alignment with our strategies? Is what they want possible? Do I think that they like based on what they're sharing with me? Do I think that they have enough of a foundation that I can help them? And if the answer is yes, I'll invite them to come work with us. And I'll give them all of the details on what that looks like and all of the things. We can also do that. We also do that on a discovery call because some people are just like, I just want to talk to you. Some people are like, eh, I'm just going to dip my toe in and fill out this application. Or they live in like a completely different time zone and we're both asleep like when the other's awake. So that's like how our business model works. And so people come to work with us on their web design business for an entire year or by their side for an entire year to help them make all of the changes and the shifts that need to make in order to help them bridge the gap. And then we also have our next level container, which is where students go after they feel complete in our Web Designer Academy container, after they've built the foundations there. And they come into the next level mastermind where it's not just me and our client success coordinator, Erica, coaching you. You also get like the whole group of like advanced women web designers who have already built that foundation and implemented the year one stuff and had the shifts. And then they actually like, we all learn from each other. We're all coaching and supporting each other. 
So the progression is really from like having me and Erica coaching you and mentoring you in the Web Designer Academy and leading you through implementing your strategic plan to moving into the next level container where you're really collaborating and like seeing behind the scenes of other people's web design businesses and seeing how they've adapted our process to their businesses and all of that stuff. And just hearing like some of the challenges that they're going through, what their mindset is, how they're solving it, everybody's jumping in to solve it and all the things. And so that's really like how our business model currently works today. And so that's why when I was like, well, how does an income report about how much money this business is making when your business is not a high touch group coaching program, it is one-on-one web design services in some capacity, or maybe one-to-many web design services like templates or like whatever, how is that applicable? And I think you will see from me sharing these income reports, how it is very, very, very applicable. And so last week, we were at the in-person retreat for our our advanced web designers in the, the next level container. And the day I got home from it, I started writing this income report. Because after three days of business planning and goal setting and coaching and just three nights of like laughter and connection and fun... I was listening to these women talk about how they found the Web Designer Academy and where they were at in their business and their life when they came to work with us and how overwhelmed and lost and disconnected and burnt out they felt. While at the same time, just being hopeful and excited that maybe there was something out there that could help them. And each of them shared how they found me in the Web Designer Academy and like what they've accomplished (laughs) so far since coming to work with us. And you guys, I cannot even, my heart was like so full getting to hear it. Like it was a little uncomfortable because I'm like, oh no, no, you did that. I had nothing to do with that. But they're like, you need to learn how to like take the credit. So I was like, I'll take credit for my part. (laughs) That's all I'll do. But I just didn't know how much I needed to hear that I'd had such a huge impact on so many people's lives, but I needed to hear it because I'd like I'd had a tough past, you know, 2023, yes, but if I'm like fully reflecting on it, it's probably truly been like the past 12 months where I've just felt like I was totally failing, like everything was falling apart, but I was just kind of like stuffing it down and I've I've said this before, just like spraying air freshener on a pile of mine trash, <laughs> right? And you know, we had such a unexpected first half of the year. We had two launches with massively unexpected results revenue-wise. And then the incident that I mentioned in episode 43, that cost me about $30,000 overall in lost revenue and legal fees, which you can go listen to that at webdesigneracademy.com forward slash 043 if you want to know what that was all about. And so I used my business savings from the good years to continue to make payroll as we pivoted and tested out restructuring our pricing, which I go into detail in an episode 44 of the podcast. So you can go to webdesigneracademy.com forward slash 044 to get all the details on that. But we had such a unplanned for first half of the year 
that right before the next level retreat, I had to make a really, really tough decision that I did not want to make. I was doing everything in my power to prevent making that decision. But the writing, but you know, math is math. And uh, I had to lay off my marketing and operations coordinator and absorb her role myself. And so leading into that next level retreat, I was just like, I feel like a total failure. And why would these people even want to learn from me? (laughs) And all of just the mind trashy stuff. And I know the answer to that because I'm willing to go first. I'm willing to go first. I'm willing to mess things up. I'm willing to really dig deep and figure out how to fix it. I'm willing to find all the lessons and I'm willing to share it and not hide it. And basically that's what they were saying to me too is like, we've seen you go through this and we know that you can help us through it. And we know you can help us sidestep some of the things that maybe in hindsight you would have done differently. And that just felt really healing to me to hear that uh, even though I haven't been creating the outcomes that I planned to create, everything's fine. And that that's going to happen to every single one of you listening at some point in your business and the skill of navigating that is probably going to be one of the the most valuable skills that I will have ever developed in my business. I don't love learning things experientially like that, but I'm here for the lesson. So just to give you a little bit of context as I kind of dive into this income report, like as I said, I was like, if you were a listener to Pep Talks for Side Hustlers, it may surprise you where we're at now. Maybe not. I don't know. But in 2021, our business made $499,500. And the Web Designer Academy created $325,000 of that $499. And the rest of that was like affiliate commissions from our free 5-day website challenge and a summit that we hosted for DIYers and some digital products and courses that we offered for DIYers and then just other revenue from like partnerships and collabs and things that I did. And so in 2021, that's when I was like, okay, I've been doing this all myself with some subcontractors. I'm overworking and feeling really burnt out. I need some dedicated support. And that's when I really, at the very end of 2021, put into motion a hiring plan. I hired a consultant to help me do that. And then we ended up making some hires in early March of 2022. And then in 2022, our business made $426,000. So it was $73,000 less than 2021. But $360,000 of that was from the Web Designer Academy, which was an increase in Web Designer Academy revenue, which was great. And so we were rolling along with our marketing and operations coordinator and hired a client success coordinator to help me support the students inside the Web Designer Academy. And then I would say it was like Q4 of 2022. So like October, November, December. And then the first six months of 2023 that our sales just were a fraction of what they had been in the past. And 
So this year, 2023, so far at the time I'm recording this October income report, our revenue is $160,000 cash received. And so that's a that's a $200,000 decrease in revenue. So we've sold more than that, right? Because we offer a 12-month payment plan. So like if I added up all of our sales, that would be higher, but cash we have actually like received is $160,000. And I don't recognize payment plan money until I, I've received it because I try not to spend money that I don't have. But we do. We did like tap into a line of credit and some credit cards this year to cover some things. But we went from $360,000 annual revenue to $160,000. So far, I mean, who knows? The year is young. We still have time left. I don't know what will end up... How many students will end up enrolling in between now and the end of the year. But our business is down $200,000 from last year. And I still had all the expenses of a half million dollar business, which is obviously not sustainable. So the writing was on the wall that I was going to have to make some significant cuts to our expenses to get them in alignment with 160K business, which meant a pay cut for myself. It meant laying off a team member and I just didn't pay myself over the summer trying to recoup that. You know, we covered that personally with my own savings, with our personal savings, because my criteria is that we didn't cut anything that, that affects the delivery of our program. We can cut my salary, we can cut operations, we can reallocate like marketing efforts from paid to organic. But we cannot cut from serving and supporting our students because that's why we do what we do. So I was really avoiding for a long time making this decision. I kept thinking, oh, like we can make this up. We can build it back. We can get back there. We can, you know. And I kept thinking that and it kept not happening. And so I made the difficult decision to lay off a team member. And it sucked. Like laying off someone that you respect and enjoy working with and care about because the business can no longer sustain their salary sucks. And not only did it suck because she was such a lovely human, this person, I had a lot of imposter syndrome, like I said, because I'm like, I teach next level people how to hire a team if that's what they're ready for to reach their goals. Now I'm letting one of my team members go. Like, who is ever going to take me seriously now? And so these are tough decisions right? They're next level decisions. And when I was in the thick of the suckiness of it all, and my brain wanted to like say to me all of this horrible stuff, the people in our program just like rallied around me. And it was incredible. And it just truly was. And like, I ugly cried in front of all of them. <laughs> and I feel like I really needed to just kind of like... I don't know. It felt like come clean about some of the heavier stuff that was happening in my business because I felt like, oh, well, like I have to lead them. And to lead them means that like these things don't really, they're not applicable. They're like personnel issues. I don't have to share them. But when I'm holding back one thing, I might as well be holding back everything. And so I just needed to come clean so that I could so to speak. It's not like I was hiding anything like crazy. But you know, it was just like I had to come clean about like, this is how I feel about this. 
And once I was able to do that, I was able to just participate fully in the retreat, coach them without holding back and just be myself because I just felt like, okay, this is all out in the open, right? And so I used to do that every single month in those monthly income reports, just like put what was everything that was going out there out in the open, but just like reflect on it and find and share the lessons. And so I feel like I have been personally missing something by not doing that. And that's why things were like feeling kind of heavy. So that's what I'm going to be doing going forward. And even though my numbers might not be relevant to you because your money comes from client work and my money comes from payment plans, from Web Designer Academy and Next Level students, the hopes, the dreams, the goals, the fears, the successes, the failures, and what they really mean and what we make them mean, that's all relevant across the board. And so, like I said, just to be very transparent, I'm doing this for myself because when I don't look at things, I repeat the same patterns over and over and over again. I was looking at one of the last income reports I wrote two years ago. It was like the November 2021 income report. And it was like, wait, did time stop? How did I get back here? How is it that two years have passed and I feel like I'm emotionally back here again? And it's because I wasn't taking the time to reflect on and process and integrate the lessons learned. And I don't feel like I'm emotionally back there again right now. I feel like a month ago, I was emotionally back there. And I'm like, okay, closing that chapter, moving forward. My revenue, just this will be a little experiment. We'll see. My revenue was growing year over year when I was doing monthly income reports. And it started declining when I stopped. I don't know if that's related but I think it is. And I think it has everything to do with me reflecting on what's going on. So we're going to test a theory out. (laughs) I'm going to use... When I'm using income reports as one of the tools I use to manage my own mind, be transparent and authentically connect with people, does it result in more trust and more clients or not? Well, I'll be doing them for all of 2024, no matter what. And we'll see what happens. And like I said earlier, it was hard to commit to that. It scares me a little bit because I had the thought like, what will people think if this happens or if that happens? Which is why I think I need to do it because (laughs) I've been avoiding things I need to look at. I'm worried about what people will think of me. And the more I avoid those things, the worse they get. Like, And the other thing is if like me being real about my business journey is going to make someone not want to work with me, we were never a good fit anyway. <laughs> so I just need to remind myself of that when I share things that my brain's going to be like, are you sure you want to tell people that, Shannon? They're going to think this about you and that about you. But I know that it's not you thinking that about me. It's me thinking that about me and blaming that on you. <laughs> so I know you're awesome and that I don't need to protect myself from you. I just need to be on to myself and my own negative self-talk and stop projecting my negative self-talk on to you because you're not like that. So the format of this income report episode going forward will be important things that happened in that month, personal and business, the numbers, and then the lessons learned. So let's go ahead with that longer than normal preamble, dive in to my October 2023 income report. So when I was looking back through my calendar at the month of October, there were five things that really kind of stood out that happened in October. One, my dog, Scarlett, had a pretty significant 
surgery. So I'll sh- share more about that and how that affected the business. I had a few discovery calls and we had just added discovery calls to our sales process in June or July. And after doing those for a couple months, I started identifying some patterns on my side. So I'll share more about that with you. I talked a little bit about laying off our marketing and operations coordinator, but I'll share... I can share a little bit more about that. Um, I just want to be really sensitive to, you know, that's an employee who was an important part of the team. And so I think I've shared probably as much about that as I need to, but that was like an important thing that happened in October. And, and those are the lessons and the, the, how we did that and everything that, like that's the kind of stuff we get into in next level, but like it was definitely it wasn't just like on a whim. It was absolutely like a very intentional decision and process and procedure and all of the things that that went into doing that aside from the actual like conversation. I finalized planning for our next level retreat. So like I said, I just came back from that and it was the first week in November. So in October, we were really putting a lot of the finishing touches on the planning for that. And then I also started pitching speakers for our Simply Profitable Designer Summit. So it was last year, I believe, that Krista Miller, who was the original host of the Simply Profitable Designer Summit, decided that she didn't want to do it anymore. And I had told her like, hey, whenever that happens, let's talk because it's such an incredible event. I would love to like continue that on. So I'll share more about that. So let's go back to Scarlett's surgery. So I used to talk about my doggos all the time on the podcast in my income reports. Some of you, if you've been around for a long time, might remember Gracie Bear, my old lab that passed seven years ago, seven and a half years ago. And now I have a seven-year-old charcoal lab named Scarlet. She is the snuggliest, sweetest, most adorable monster ever. We go for like a two to three mile walk every day, rain or shine or snow. I love to like get bundled up and put snow pants on and take her for a walk in the cold Ohio winter. It's when I get my podcast listening time in and movement because I do a lot of sitting at my desk and working. So one night in August, we're all asleep in bed and I just like hear her screech out in pain. And I'm like, what in the world is happening? Like, did she snag a toenail? Like it was just the loudest yelpy screech. And at the time, I had no idea what it was, but like she couldn't get up from her side. So she'd be laying down and like, her poor little paws, she'd just kind of just be laying and she would not be able to get up from her side. But once we could like get her up, she was up, she'd be fine. She'd lay back down and not be able to get up. And then I noticed like muscle spasms on her neck. So after a few vet visits of like pain medication and whatever, they're like, if after this course of meds, this continues, we are going to refer you to a specialist because we think she potentially has a herniated disc somewhere. And so we went after like the medication didn't help and the crate rest didn't help. We went to a specialist 
And they're like, we suspect a herniated disc. Your options are four weeks of strict crate rest, like medicated in the crate for four weeks, and then see if she's improving. Or we can just go straight into surgery. And there's four weeks of strict crate rest after that. So regardless, this crate rest is happening. It's just, do you want to do it now or later? So we opted to start with the strict crate rest because the spinal surgery on a dog is significant expense. And if we could avoid putting her through that and avoid the expense, we were going to do that. But about two weeks in, she was just getting worse. Like her pain was getting worse. She was not improving. Her mobility was like getting worse. So we scheduled surgery at the end of September. And so basically for September and October, I was taking care of my puppy. It was like making sure she got all her meds, that she was staying off furniture. She was using a ramp to take her in and out of the house. And we opted for surgery. It went fantastic. It was like by when she came home, it was like she was completely healed. I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't even notice that she couldn't like move that way before. How long has this been going on? before actual like herniation, final like herniation of the disc that caused all the pain. Cause I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen her move this way in such a long time. And I didn't notice because it was such a gradual change. So in the caretaking of her, like we slept on the living room floor with her on a mattress because <laughs> she normally sleeps with us and wasn't allowed to get up in bed. And we don't have kids. So obviously it's easier for us to spoil our dog but it was a lot. Like she's on a lot of medication. It was pretty like the regimen was spread all throughout the day. She had to like, she was on prednisone. So she had to like go outside and pee every two hours or she was like peeing herself in her sleep. So it was pretty intense for taking care of a dog. And I know that there are so many people listening that take care of children with special needs, with family members that have chronic illnesses and things like that. So I understand that we all have things in our life that are longer than a two-month situation with a dog that are challenging that we have to work around. And those are just things that come up that influence our business. You know, it's like not sleeping well and being worried and having appointments and all of those things. And so that was just a thing. It was a thing that was happening in my life in October that I was navigating as I was running my business. And so I think it's important to acknowledge that like business and life aren't separate. <laughs> like, as much as we want them to be like, as much as we want them to be, things that happen in our life influence our ability to run our business. They influence how we design how we run our business. And it's just important to acknowledge that we get to design our business around our life and not the other way around. And I think that's so important. And it's like one of the values that we have inside of our program. So Scarlett is doing amazing now, which is so awesome because that's my baby girl. And it was hard to watch her be in pain, but she's doing really, 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 really good. So that was a thing. That was a thing that happened in October. So the second thing I mentioned was the discovery calls. We added them in June or July. I want to say July. So that's July, August, September. So like for three months, I've been doing discovery calls, three to four months. You know, I did them with web design projects, but it's just different. It's like, it's different. 
It's the same, but it's different. And so when I was like adding them in, I'm like, I don't know how to do discovery calls for a program. And I'm just like, you just stop, Shannon. Like you lead people through this process in the Web Designer Academy all the time. It's truly not that different. But like in my mind, I had built it up to be like this different thing. So once I just did some, I was like, oh yeah, it's kind of like getting back on the bike. But just to back up a little bit, we hosted a live revenue reset challenge in September. And whenever we do a live event, it's like to give people a taste of what it's like to work with us. We teach some of our strategies. We do a little bit of coaching. And off the back of those live events, we are like, hey, if you liked that, if you got value out of that, if if you're interested in learning more about working with us, fill out our application or request a discovery call because we do vet everyone that joins our program to make sure that we're confident that we can help them to make sure that just to make sure that they're like that they're a right fit for our program because the last thing we want is for someone to come and work with us and just not be in a position to create the results that they're there to create. So before we started doing discovery calls, everybody came through the application without a call and I still do that. We still have people that fill out the application I do my analysis. I send them my analysis video, approving their application, inviting us to join, inviting them to join. We never even have a conversation and they enroll. And it's amazing because we don't have to align our schedules to help someone make the decision. But some people like to talk to people and talk to me before they make the decision. And that's cool too. And it's so funny because people always tell me that they hate sales, quote unquote. But like, I think these discovery calls slash sales calls are so fun. To me, it's kind of like doing a podcast interview. Like I get to meet someone new. I get to ask them all about their background and their business. And then where it gets really fun is I just get to be really nosy and ask them lots of questions about them and their business. And it helps me like spot all of the opportunities. And then I get to share with them like, here's how I think we can help you and here's how, like, here are the areas of your business that we see that can change. And here's how we will help you if you come to work with us. And it always, like, it's so funny to me just because I'm like, really? Like, I'm just a normal person. <laughs> but like, when people come on a discovery call and they're like, oh my gosh, I was so nervous to talk to you because they listen to you on the podcast all the time. And it's weird that like you're a real person sitting here talking to me. And I'm like, I totally understand that it's like kind of surreal. And I would totally feel that way too if I were talking to some of the people that like I listen to their podcasts all the time. Like, oh, you're a real person. But I promise you, it is like a super chill experience. It's like a conversation between friends. And I'm literally just trying to figure out like, can I help you or not right now? Is it not a good fit? And sometimes depending on where the person's at in their business... I will invite them directly into the next level container. Like if I'm like, okay, your business is more advanced. You actually have the majority of what the foundation will help you build in the Web Designer Academy container. I may invite you into the next level container. And there might be a couple strategies that we need to fill in. But then you come into the next level container and start working on that next level stuff. And so sometimes people are like, hey, jumping on the call with you is just a formality. I'm already in. Just tell me where to sign up. I just had a few questions. And other times, 
I see people wanting to like make a change really bad, but they're just scared. And so they come on the call and they're like, I just have question after question after question after question. And I'm here for all of it. But all of their questions tell me like they just don't quite believe in themselves yet. As much as like people will come on, like I have to approve having a call with you, right? So it's like you book a call, you fill out a form. I review the form. And if I'm like, actually, we're not going to be a good fit. I'm just going to send you an email saying that I don't think you're a good fit. Here's I'll refer you to some of my web design business coach or web designer teacher friends to be like, actually, I think you're right for this program over here. And once you go through that, then we're absolutely ready and waiting for you. So before we even get on a call, I've made the decision on like whether or not I think I can help you. And sometimes people get on the call and they don't quite believe that we can help them. (laughs) So I'm like, for me, it's been an interesting thing for me to look at in terms of my own business because I'm like, okay, well, I believe in them, but they don't believe in them. And I'm coming from the place of like, I've seen your application or your business a hundred times before. I can think of 20 people who have come into the Web Designer Academy whose businesses were just like you, who said the same words you said, who were exactly at where you are, who applied our strategies and created the results that they want. And from where I sit, I see that big picture. But from where the person on the other side of the screen sits, like they don't see that. They haven't seen, they're just in their own stuff and in their own belief. And so I found myself getting frustrated after talking to people, just being like, <laughs> like I felt entitled to them believing what I believe about them. Like, I'm just like, obviously, since I invited you to this discovery call, I think you can do it. So you should just say yes, because I know you can do it. (laughs) right? And then being frustrated when they're like, no, because I'm like, you're wasting an opportunity. Who wants to work with someone who's like resentful? of them not quite being there yet in their belief. Okay. So I'm just, I'm sharing, like, am I proud of thinking this? No, I'm not. I want to be very like patient and compassionate and understanding and be like, I totally understand that this person isn't there yet. Like they're like at step one, they haven't seen what I've seen, right? They're on the inside looking out. I'm on the outside looking in. They haven't had all of... They just haven't seen it. And so (laughs) I needed to check myself on these discovery calls and be like, Shannon, you need to take a step back. Don't be so entitled to them just believing you because you've seen it so many times. You need to treat every single person like they are an individual person, not a part of the group that you've already helped and dig a little bit deeper and help them ask the right questions to get them to believe in themselves instead of just expecting them to because you've approved their application. (laughs) So this is the kind of self-reflection 
that I used to do on income reports that I think I've been missing for the past (laughs) several months. So what I was experiencing was people coming on the call. I'm very much like, why wouldn't you be in? Because I can obviously see that you will be successful because I see it. You should see it too. I mean, not that smarmy, but like in hindsight, I'm seeing like, I'm seeing that I'm just like, obviously this is yes. So what would happen is people would say yes. They would tell me yes, they're in, they want to work with me. And then they just would ghost. They'd say they have to think about it and then they'd never respond to my follow-up or they'd say they really want to do it, but the timing isn't right or they can't afford it now or they're going to wait six months. And I'm just like, why are they telling me yes and then like not moving forward? And it was because of how I was showing up, if that makes sense. Like, this is my theory and I'm going to test it going forward. Because for all of these people... Not, I can't say this for sure because I don't know, but my experience is it's that just because I believe it will work for them because I've seen it work for so many people who are just like them, that doesn't mean that they believe it. (laughs) And where they're coming from is like, they're like, well, it's not that I can't afford it. It's that I can't afford to not get the results I want. Because if that's what's happened, then I'm going to make it mean I'm a failure and here I go again, wasting more money on this business, stuff like that. And so my job is to help them develop their belief in themselves. If they come on the call, not sure. Like I said, some people come on the call and they're just like, I just wanted to like ask you a few questions. I'm actually ready. Let's move forward. Other people are coming on the call because they really, really, really want to be a yes. And I haven't done my job to help them feel safe or believe in themselves or trust enough that we really are there for them. So that's where my work is. That's what I am working on is... And I'm enlisting the help of some of my business coach and some of my friends who are experts in sales to really kind of help me figure out what's the line between being pushy and salesy and sleazy because I know I hold back because I don't want to be that way. But then I'm also missing opportunities to help people say yes to themselves because they're not going to come waste a bunch of time with me because they don't want to say yes to themselves. Right? And so how can I develop the skill of asking the right questions to have them make a decision one way or another that isn't based on fear? I want you to either be confidently in or confidently out, but not fearfully out or people-pleasingly in, if that makes sense. So that's what I'm working on in terms of discovery calls. It's just different in an application situation because the conversation is spread out more. It's asynchronous. It's not like we're here face-to-face having this conversation and I ask you, so what do you think? Would you like to move forward? And you're like, put on the spot. And you're like, yes, because I don't want to disappoint you or like whatever that is. It's just a different vibe. So I get to work on that on my side because the last thing I want is for people to feel like they are too uncomfortable to say no, right? Or they think that I'm going to like try to like talk them into it or something. Like I don't want people in the program 
that need to be talked into it. I want people in the program that can work their own way into it, right? Like talk themselves into it because I've asked them the right questions or out of it one way or the other. So it's really interesting because if you have experienced this on web design consultations too, where someone tells you yes on the call and then like doesn't follow through, it's totally normal, but it's a skill that you get to develop to create the safety in the conversation or in the interaction with you for the person to tell you what they're really thinking and feeling without fear that you're going to try to talk them into something that they don't want to do. And when you've built up enough trust and rapport with the person that you're talking to, that's when you can ask them the questions to help them really kind of like start to articulate how they're feeling or what they're worried about or what they're afraid of. Because if we make it mean we're not good enough, we're missing an opportunity to dig deeper into them saying like, I'm actually afraid that no website will pan out for me. No website will help me create the results that I want. And when you get down to that's really what they're worried about, then that's something to work from to help them understand like how the process works and how it can. So when you get that feedback, like when someone says yes and ghosts you or they're just like, I don't know, I, I can't afford it or I got to wait or whatever. And you're, you feel like, okay, there's something more here. You can just always ask yourself, what did I do or not do to create safety and trust on this call? Was I too focused on getting a yes because I got so excited about someone's application or because I feel entitled to their yes because I have seen 100 applications just like this one and I see the path for them and I skipped over the part where I got to help them ask them the like where I skipped over the part of leading them through believing in themselves first. Right. So what questions did I not want to ask? Cause I felt like I'd be overstepping because I didn't build enough trust. So that's where my work is on discovery calls. I have totally nailed that in the application process. In my opinion, maybe I haven't, I don't know, but like there, that's always a place where I'm working is on because our sales process isn't just anybody can join and my sales page should sell it for me. Every person it's a conversation is making sure that I'm having those conversations in a way that every person that leaves that conversation, A, makes a decision and B, it's one that they feel good about and they, they don't just like ghost and go away. So I shared that I laid off my marketing and operations coordinator. That was a big thing that happened that month. And just briefly, like, it was not a swift decision. It required a lot of analysis, seeking advice from my mentors, thinking about how to have the conversation in integrity, just the logistics of when you have an employee, how, are, how do you pay out uh, paid time off and like just all of those things. And so that was a significant thing a significant thing that happened in October that took a lot of time and mental energy and care. And I had to grieve. Like I was grieving before I did it and I was grieving after I did it. And it was a big deal. And so that was just, it was just significant. And I think I've talked about that enough. So I finalized planning for the next level retreat. So it's a four night, five 
day experience with like three full days of like a facilitated coaching experience. And then of course we have food and we have activities and we had a yoga instructor coming in and and all of those things and like the logistics of travel and all of that. So we spent some time planning that. And I noticed one of the things that I noticed is that like, I could not figure out the food. I could not figure out the food. I was so like spinning out on that. And Erica, our client success coordinator, jumped in to help me because she used to be a culinary arts teacher. So not only was she a teacher and a curriculum designer, she was culinary arts. And she used to have to put together menus for large people for school. And so she was like, can I just take this over and boss you around on this? And I was like, yes, please, please do. Because I was like spinning out on it. And what I realized was I was spinning out on that because I was also working on the layoff plan and project for the marketing and operations coordinator role. And so because that was like so heavy and I was like having all kinds of thoughts of like, this is happening because I have made bad decisions in the rest of my business. And had I not made bad decisions, I would I would have more money to pay her and I wouldn't have to be doing this is basically in a nutshell what my brain was telling me. And so because I was afraid of making more bad decisions, I couldn't make any decisions related to the food. And I didn't see this when this was happening, but that's exactly what was happening because I'm like, well, what if I do this for breakfast and someone is allergic to eggs? And what if I do this? And then this, like, it was just this like spiral. After I realized like why my brain was doing that, I was like, oh, it makes perfect sense why I could not make simple decisions about food for the next level retreat. But Erica planned all of that and it was amazing and it was meticulous and it was the biggest grocery store trip I have ever been on. Oh my gosh. I'll tell you more about the retreat in the November income report, but it was like fabulous. It just was really, really interesting to reflect upon why I could not make a decision on what to feed people. It's just, it's interesting to notice those things. And then finally, I started pitching speakers for the Simply Profitable Designer Summit. Save the dates. It's happening the third week of March 2024. And, you know, last year I was like really, I don't know, worried about inviting the right people and just all of the things. And I'm just like, there's just a lot of hindsight going on that I just won't beat myself up for. But like this year, like last year, I guess. The only way I can just describe it is like last year, I felt very like controlling and protective and restrictive. And that was just a self-protection reaction to things going on in my business and my personal life. And I didn't realize that I was like basically like doing that. And now I'm just feeling like connected and expansive and just willing and resilient. And I'm just like, I can handle what, like, whatever. Hard things have happened this year. I can handle it all. I'm still here. You know, I'm still running the business. I'm like fixing, addressing the challenges. And even when the, let's see, 
the pull to fix things is to change things. This is a huge lesson that I've learned. It's like when things feel hard, my tendency is to make a change for relief, but the change typically creates unintended consequences. Like it creates short-term relief and unintended consequences for the future. So the biggest lesson that I have learned is to not change things (laughs) and to sit with the discomfort and to work through the discomfort and like, what problem am I really trying to solve by changing this? And do I need to change something just to solve this problem? Or do I just need to change how I'm thinking? And nine times out of 10, it's like, I need to change how I'm thinking about this. So how does that apply to the Simply Profitable Designer Summit? I was being weird about pitching other web design business coaches last year to speak at that event. Just very bluntly, I will say that I was being weird about it. I was being like, I don't know if competitive is the word, but it was like I was hoarding. I was hoarding my audience (laughs) and being like, they are my audience. They belong to me. And I'm not sharing them with any other potential person that they could buy from, which is so weird and so not me. And I'm just like, who is that person? I understand through some through therapy why I was doing that. And that's like a whole nother podcast, not even podcast episode, a whole nother podcast, which I won't make. But but yeah, I was being weird and hoardy. And this year I'm just like, oh my gosh, there's no way every single person on my email list is going to work with me. Ultimately, all I want for everybody is for them to get the support that they need and be successful. And if it's not going to be with me, what if it's with one of these other incredible humans that I know that also have the same values as me that also want to help other people get what they want? Like, I don't have to try to hoard it all. There's enough to go around, right? And so with the Simply Profitable Designer Summit, that's why I'm like, the more the merrier. Like if we are aligned in our approach to serving people, let's do it. Like I'm all in. So so we've invited over 50 speakers now. I think we've booked 25. And if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, I would love to speak at the Simply Profitable Designer Summit. I have ideas to help designers work less, make more, have more freedom, flexibility, fulfillment, and financial independence. And it would be a mutually beneficial thing for you to speak, meaning you would get something out of it, like you have an offer that you could talk about, and we would get something out of it, meaning your topic would really serve our audience and or you have an audience to promote to. Email me. You can send an email to hello at simplyprofitabledesigner.com. That will come to me and let me know your ideas. And depending on when you listen to this, if we have a spot for you, if it feels aligned, we can talk about you, you speaking at the event. So yeah, I started pitching speakers and oh my gosh, if it was like last year, it felt like such a big deal to figure out who and a grind to pitch and all of this. And like this year, I just was like, in a few hours, it was like, boom, all the speakers have been pitched. And then I keep being like, oh my gosh, I forgot about this person. I forgot about that person. I talked to this person on the podcast. And so 
I'm just inviting all of those people and I'm not like being so weird about it. So I love that. So those are the important things that happened in October. I'm going to end this episode with the numbers because I think I really talked about the lessons learned at the beginning of the episode, but going forward, it will be important things, numbers, lessons learned in that order. And they'll typically come out the first week of the month following the month of the income report. So November's income report will come out just the first week of December. We'll do a year in review at the end of December, beginning of January, and then just every month after that. And we also put these numbers in a spreadsheet. So when I talk about like the tools I use to run my business, you can go look and see exactly what all those tools are down to the penny. You can look at previous years, except for 2022. It's not in there because we didn't do them in 2022. So let's dive in to the October 2023 numbers. Our total revenue in October was $16,012.54. That includes Web Designer Academy payments. So that's payment plans, people that paid in full, people that converted from the payment plan to pay in full after the 60-day, I don't know, grace period to pay in full and get the pay in full bonuses. It includes next level payments and payment plans. And it includes, um, in October, it includes retreat, next level retreat fees, I guess we could say. Most people paid for next level in July, but some payments still came in in October if they did a to pay, like a 50 50 for that. So that breakdown, the WDA, Monies collected $14,920.49 of the $16,000. And then affiliates and partnerships, like when I speak at Summits and promote a power pack or just even some old affiliate commissions trickling in from the DIY or stuff I used to do, $1,092.05. So that was our revenue. Our total investments on your balance sheet, they're called expenses. I call them investments because every dime I spend in my mind contributes to the growth of my business in some way, shape, or form. So I call them investments. You may call them expenses. My total investments were $21,540.44. So you'll notice that that number is higher than the revenue. And in October, that included payroll of $17,000. $17,045.14. So that includes my salary, the salary of the marketing and operations coordinator, the salary of our client success coordinator, all the payroll taxes that we pay on top of that. Plus that in this month, it includes paying out my laid off team member for accrued paid time off because that's something that every state is different and the laws for paying out paid time off, accrued unused paid time off. And we have policies related to that. So our payroll in October was more than our revenue. And like looking back, that was consistently happening for many months. And the gap was coming out of our business savings from those good years. And so that's where where it became like really, really obvious that we couldn't sustain that role anymore. And 
it was just math. I don't like to say it like that because it meant more than math to me, but the decision was because of math. And so that was team tools I used to run my business. That's like Airtable, Acuity Scheduling, ConvertKit, like web hosting, all of that stuff. $1,222. Education and training, $0. And I did invest in business coaching this year. That business coaching did not have a payment plan like other business coaching programs that I've been in. I had to pay in full for that upfront. And it was $50,000 for the whole year. And that like really was a huge stretch for me. And I use a combination of a business credit card and a line of credit to pay for that upfront. And then I have been making my own payment plan payments on that when I had the revenue to do that. And then our revenue dropped so low that I was like, okay, I'm just going to pay the interest. And I don't love that decision. It, It just is not like... I have made the decision that debt is a choice to pay something off over time. And I'm not making it mean anything more than that. Because if you listen to previous podcasts, the way that I grew up was a very unstable financial household. And so my whole adult life has been trying to prevent that financial instability from happening in my life, which also meant being vigilantly debt-free in my personal life. And I made investments in coaching in my business that I thought would create a a return sooner than they did. And best laid plans, but things happened in my business and my life that derailed that. Do I think I'll create a return on investment in those that coaching program? 1000%. Is it happening in the same year that I invested in it? No, it's probably the returns are probably going to come next year. So the horizon for that for me specifically has been a little bit longer than anticipated. And so... I put it on my line of credit and I'm paying the interest. And when we get our head above water in terms of our revenue is more than our investments, then we'll start paying that down. And I'm cool with it and I've come to terms with it. And it's a choice to pay something off over time and I'm down with it. So that, I don't know if you listen to pep talks for side hustlers, that might sound different than what I said back then, but I'm just so committed to the work that we do with our students that I'm here for that. To me, it's worth it. So that's education and training. Zero dollars, but that doesn't mean that I spent zero dollars on education and training. Marketing, we are working with one of our students who is a conversion rate optimization expert. She's a genius. We're implementing a bunch of recommendations. The line item in October is zero, and it's only because the invoice came to us a little bit late and the the investment for that will be recognized in November. So it'll probably be that November looks like a double payment. So we'll see. Podcast production, $400. I pay someone to do that now. Ads, $0. We stopped running any kind of paid ads in October after conversion rate optimization data analysis showed that our ads were converting to subscribers, but not necessarily converting to new students. So we're working 
on some things there. And I'm excited to share with you the conversion rate optimization stuff that we're doing because it's super fun. I'll share it with you in future podcast episodes. Web Designer Academy Engagement and Retention. We love to surprise and delight our students. And so the budget for that was $269.50 spending on... I'm not going to say what because I like to keep it a surprise. But if you come to work with us, you'll know what that is. (laughs) Next level retreat, the expenses for that, just putting some of the final touches on that was $723.18. The majority of the spending on that event will you'll see it in the November income report. But to me, that's like a profit neutral event. So we keep the registration fee for that pretty equivalent to what we think our expenses are going to be. Because we also understand that people have to travel to get there. And there's you know a lot of additional expenses related to that. And so we're not trying to profit off of that event. We're trying to spend what we make on that to create an incredible experience because the value is in the for our businesses in the event itself and the transformation people get and then they stay forever and then they tell other people to join us. So that's so much more valuable to me than any money I can make off of that event. Line of credit and credit card interest. Just so like I said, I was or debt repayment, $998.58. I think that's just interest payments. So I'm going to be looking at like getting some zero interest, something, just trying to reduce those those interest payments because it'd be cool if I could use that money for something else. Professional services, that would be legal, accounting, bookkeeping, HR, software. Like I use Gusto and there's a fee for that. Business insurance. So all of that together, $497.28. I didn't have any legal or Accounting, I didn't have any legal expenses this month. Thank goodness. (laughs) Accounting, that will probably be paid for in November and December. My CPA, Nakondra Moran, who I've been working with, I'll pay her to reserve my spot with her for my personal and S-Corp tax returns. And I think it's going to be a little bit hairy because of everything that happened in episode 43. (laughs) of the podcast, which you can go listen to that. But I haven't paid for that yet. Bookkeeping, I use Bench, $230 a month for them to do all of my bookkeeping. My Gusto payroll is payroll processing, $92.80. That may go down since we have less team members. And then business insurance, which is, I think I have professional liability errors and omissions and cyber, $174. 48, and that's through Hiscox Business Insurance, H I S C O X. So that's who I use. And then office expenses, $384.76. And I'm like, what did I buy? I don't even remember. It was like giant post it notes and paper and probably a few books. And that's pretty high for me. I usually spend about $50 a month. So I'm like, did I categorize something wrong? I need to look into exactly what that is. But that's just like odds and ends. And there's maybe even some bank fees in there as well. So my investments, $21,540.44. My revenue, $16,012.54. The difference, the net profit is negative $5,526.90, which comes out of my business savings. The money that I left in the business 
when I was profitable. <laughs> so right now, we are operating at a deficit, which is why I made the decision to lay off a team member. And so we'll see what numbers look like in November. I'm trying to get that at least to zero to start because I'm still paying myself a paycheck right now. And that's a win. Like if I'm getting paid and my team is getting paid and all of our business expenses or investments are covered and we don't have a profit at the end, great. That's step one. Step two is to have that profit number be positive so we can start building our business savings back up. And then step three is to have it be more positive so I can start paying down my line of credit for... But it's like a five-year... It's a line of credit, so it's not a credit card, which is different. But So I can just start paying that down for the investments that I've made in my business coaching program. So that's where we're at. That's our October 2023 numbers. And I don't know. If you have any questions for me about those, please feel free to hit me up. You can email me at shannon at webdesigneracademy.com and ask me anything you'd want me to answer on future podcast episodes. And I really, really look for... I just feel like... I don't know. Like It's nice to be like, hey, guess what? (laughs) Our profit is not in the positive. And also, our students are still winning. Like it's the juxtaposition between my revenue and my investments and what that looks like and how that has literally zero to do with the results our students are getting. And that is something that I think that doing these income reports is really helping me see that like even if it was flip-flopped, even if our revenue was higher than our investments slash expenses, that still doesn't have anything to do with the results our students are creating. And so it's the intellectual property we've created. It's the systems that we've set up to support them. It's the coaching, the curriculum, the strategy, all of that stuff. And so it's one of the reasons why I was like, are my income reports even relevant? Because they don't necessarily show what's possible for someone when they come to work with us, but they're still important and relevant. And I think for me, they're cathartic. They help me like clear up my thinking and it'll help me show up as a better coach. When I'm not like feeling like, oh, I'm messing up. I'm failing. I don't want people to know that I have a negative $5,000 profit. I can just show up more fully in my coaching and all of that. So yeah, that's my October 2023 income report. I'm kind of excited to start writing these again after um, getting through this. I would love to hear any feedback or comments that you have. Again, you shannon at webdesigneracademy.com. And let me know. Let me know. So thank you so much for listening. I know this was a long one. And I'll see you back here next week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's voices amplified.